is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Breakouts, everybody. An early look at 2018 Breakouts with Jamie Eisenberg. I am Adam Azer. want to thank you very much for listening to the Fantasy Football Today podcast. If you're new to the show, we welcome you. We've been doing this for nine or ten years now, and uh, we enjoy it more and more every single day. Today we're going to do an upside poll with uh, three quarterbacks. We're going to talk about ACL injuries and the history of players coming back from them, look at a team that Jamie recently drafted, and, of course, look at the breakouts. Jamie, I think breakouts are the most important part of fantasy football. It is hard to win if you don't have one or two breakout players. I would agree, and it's it's always an interesting uh, conversation, I guess, about which players are qualified as sleepers and which players qualify as breakouts. I view breakouts as players that you're definitely drafting, probably in the three, round three to seven range, and guys that have the ability to take that next step in their careers or return to a level that they haven't had for a few years as well. And I think for me, one of the big differences between sleepers and breakouts the expectations are higher for breakouts. So it could be about where you draft them, but I think you could have a first-round breakout or a second-round breakout. It's Todd Gurley was a second-round pick for a lot of people, maybe early third, but he was clearly a breakout last year. Uh, so I think it's just a matter of, like, the breakouts are going to put up bigger numbers than the sleepers. Not necessarily, but I think the word you used was, was apropos, the expectations, because you could still have, like, there are a lot of people, I'm sure, I'm not a lot of people, but I'm sure there are several people that had Alvin Kamara as a sleeper last year. Yeah. And he put up breakout type of numbers. Right. Yeah. You know, so I, I think it just kind of the word you use expectations. And, and I want to stick with that word for a second because I have some high expectations for you to know when we started doing this podcast. <laughs> because if in fact we missed what could be a 10 year anniversary, I, I think, think that's something think... that we, that we should celebrate. I think it is a 10 year anniversary. So well, you I, have the ability to go back and check when we did our first one as a at least a trio. Well, that's the thing. Do we start from when I came on or from when Dave and Jamie started? Um, I appreciate you talking to me as if I'm not here. Um, <laughs> uh, Sorry, I thought I you were here. I think it should be the, uh, the the at least when the three of us started. You know, we we can have a second anniversary when Heath started. Uh, God willing, that's ten years from when he did. Um, but I I think we should celebrate the. Uh, um, you know, Dave and I certainly have passed 10 years at this point, uh, of us when we first did the, the, uh, the, the first version of this. Then show. I think this is our 10 year anniversary because I, I started at the website in 2009. But that's what I'm saying. If we have an upcoming 10 year anniversary. Yeah, I think it's this year. We should prepare for it. Okay. All right. 10th anniversary. We're going to give a whole bunch of stuff away. Uh, maybe. hopefully we'll give you away. <laughs> <laughs> We're finishing at 10. All right. Let's do some Twitter polls. Which of these three quarterbacks has the most upside? Which of these three quarterbacks has the most upside? Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, or Eli Manning? Carr, Mariota, or Manning? What do you think? What do I think or what do I think the voting was? Let's start with what you think. I think it's Eli Manning. And who do you think the Twitter – I had uh, 1,100 votes on this. Probably the young guy who was drafted the highest, and that's Mariota. Yeah, 55% Mariota. 27% 27% Derek Carr, 18% Eli Manning. 
And you think he has, you think Manning has the most upside? I do. I, I think, you know, you, first off, uh, I'm trying to get it quickly, but uh, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. We talked about it yesterday or, or on our last show when we were looking at Odell Beckham and, uh, you know, putting him under a microscope. I, I think you just have to go with the, the thought process of if Beckham does what he's capable of doing, if Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard are, you know, quality complementary options, and if Saquon Barkley delivers like he's capable of behind a better offensive line, Eli Manning could be a top 12 quarterback. And so, um, I, I don't have it in front of me, so I, I'll just, you know, kind of, I guess, paraphrase his numbers, Manning's numbers in the three healthy years with Odell Beckham. I think it's like 4,300 passing yards, 30 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. I'll tell you where he finished in those three years. He finished as the number eight quarterback in 2014, the number seven quarterback in 2015, but the number 20 quarterback in 2016. And that was with Odell Beckham being a top five wide receiver and having 1,367 yards and 10 touchdowns. That was 2016. 2016, that was uh, Sterling Shepard's rookie year. Terrible offensive line, but he was number 20. And it's really a matter of, is he done? Is Eli Manning done being a good quarterback? He's been a pretty bad quarterback each of the last two years. But people do forget 2014 and 15, but Beckham's first two years, Manning was a top eight quarterback. Now that that's not including anyone who has retired. So I don't know if he was officially a top eight, but he was definitely top 10. Definitely top 10. I mean, just, just stretch it to top 12, you know, so that's, that's a number one guy. No one's drafting him in that range. He's probably going to be maybe him or Carr, but they're both going to be drafted after Mariota. At least the way I would assume it based on especially the, the Twitter poll results. Well, and, and now I'll, I'll give you the second Twitter poll who has the most downside. And this one yeah, I agree Manning. with. It's, it's definitely Manning. Uh, 68%. I mean, we've seen the downside. 68% of the vote for Manning. But we've seen the downside for both these guys. All three of these guys. I don't me. think any of them have been as bad as Manning was last year though. Manning was the number 22 quarterback last year. Carr was number 20. It's not a huge difference, I guess. No, but the expectations for Carr and Mariota were much higher last season. Uh, Mariota, I'm oh, sorry, Mariota was 20, Carr was 17. Uh, well, I personally agree with that. I think Manning is the most downside. I think I Carr, agree. I think Carr is the least upside. In fact, in a year with all these amazing quarterbacks, or all these exciting quarterbacks, I never think about drafting Derek Carr, because Jamie, I, I just don't know that Carr can go off this year. What do you think? Well, it depends on how much you buy into John Gruden. You know, if you buy into Gruden and what he's shown, you know, at times with quarterbacks, obviously that year with Rich Cannon was, was, you know, very good. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say if, did, did Carr fall off last year coming back from the broken leg? Was Amari Cooper that bad? This was supposed to be one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. They weren't great. Um, there, there's just one of those situations where I, I think all three of these guys where they're probably going to be drafted, which is, you know, late as number two guys, they could, Two of them could, you know, I think finish as, as top 15, top 12 guys. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Carr just isn't, you know, very attractive in a division that, you know, could be once again loaded with a lot of good defenses. That said, in 2016, he was the number nine quarterback in fantasy, but he didn't really put up huge numbers. Less than 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, six interceptions. He hasn't had a 4,000 yard season yet. If he played 16 games in 2016, he would have had a, a 4,000 yard season, right. but but you know it doesn't compare to what Eli Manning did in, in his two great, two very good seasons, fifteen and sixteen, or fourteen and fifteen rather. He had like forty three hundred yards. And then Mariota is very interesting, Jamie. And, and when we're done with this, I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about the weapons around Eli and the weapons around one of your breakouts, Patrick Mahomes, and what it means for fantasy quarterbacks. But but Mariota 
does he have that big upside? He was the 13th best quarterback in 2016. In 15 games, he threw for 3,426 yards. He rushed for another 349. Does he have that upside? He faced a very easy schedule that year and really regressed last year with more interceptions than touchdowns. What do you think about Mariota? Well, first off, last year there was some thought. Um, our colleague Pete Prisco talked about this after visiting Titan, the Titans during training camp that he thought Mariota didn't look healthy coming back from the, uh, the, the leg injury the year before. He said he talked to some beat writers uh, about that and they kind of agreed with him. And he didn't look, I think, the same until the end of the season, you know, when he looked better. His stats may not have reflected that, but he looked better. The other part of it was the thought going in with Mariota last year was, okay, draft Corey Davis, sign Eric Decker, draft Taiwan Taylor, hopefully, you know, continue production from Rashard Matthews and Delaney Walker. And none of those things really were ever on the same page. Uh, Matthews was hurt. Walker was fine, but... As we know, Corey Davis didn't live up to the hype. Decker was, you know, uh, looked like an old receiver, and Taylor was kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit. Also, John New Smith, you know, another guy that they drafted. Um, the thing I think if you're if you're buying into Mariota this year is all the reports are he looks back to what he was, you know, I think prior to the leg injury, and their offensive coordinator. And we talk about this, you know, from time to time, Adam, about offensive coordinators that get promoted to head coaches and the, especially guys that didn't call plays. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt LaFleur is a guy that is coming into a situation where he worked under two great offense coordinators his last two jobs. He worked under Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta as a quarterback's coach. He worked under Sean McVay um, in for the Rams. Those two guys called plays. So is LaFleur's offense going to be the same as those two offenses? And if that's the case, then Mariota's got a chance to, you know, when LaFleur was in Atlanta, it was the MVP season for Ryan. And, and last year, you know, Jared Goff took a dramatic leap, as we saw. So that's something I think you can point to and say, okay, maybe this is the guy that can help Mariota take the next step. But we're, we're, we're buying into, I think to a certain degree, Corey Davis. Um, you know, especially if you ask Keith, you know, he's very fond of, of Rashard Matthews and he's been very consistent. Um, 30 games, uh, with the Titans, 15 of those, he's been 10 or more fantasy points. That's, that's a good track record. And Delaney Walker, I think a quality tight end, but, um, I think Mariota, you know, and I know you're going to get to Mahomes in terms of weapons. Mariota doesn't have exactly dynamic weapons. He has good weapons, just not great ones. So how do you rank Eli Manning? Forgetting upside and downside, how do you rank Manning, Carr, and Mariota? Uh, Manning, Mariota, Carr. Okay, you have Manning 15th, you have Mariota 19th, you have Derek Carr 20th. If it were a four-point per passing touchdown league, would you take Mariota over Eli Manning? Yeah, just with the rushing. I think you have to. Okay. All right, so this is... Interesting stuff, right? I, I'm trying to find quarterbacks who have the weapons that Eli Manning and I wasn't planning necessarily on talking about Patrick Mahomes. If you want to read all of Jamie's breakouts, they're available on the website. But I picked a few. But Mahomes is one of them. And you have Mahomes ahead of all those guys. You have them 12th. Um, all right. So I, I looked for quarterbacks that had two top 12 pass catchers. So either two top 12 wide receivers or one top 12 wide receiver and one top 12 tight end. And there were two of them. There were, well, there were more than two, but there were two that had just that. Two top 12 wide receivers or tight ends last year. Russell Wilson was the number one quarterback in fantasy. And believe it or not, we really shouldn't count this guy because it's almost by default. Andy Dalton was number 16 at quarterback. He had A.J. Green and Tyler Croft was the number 11 tight end in non-PPR. He was 15th in PPR. I don't think that really 
helps this argument. What like obviously he's he just finished there by default. Um now we had three more quarterbacks who had two top twelve pass catchers. So wait, Keenum didn't qualify with Thielen and Rudolph? Almost. Okay. So he did yeah, yeah, yes, I included the I included Keenum and I actually added in um I added in his Sam Bradford's fantasy points too. Oh, okay. But Keenum counted, and he's in another category. He's in a category of top 12 wide receiver, top 12 tight end, and a running back who caught 50 or more passes. Okay. Which we expect from the Chiefs Mm -hmm. and wouldn't be a surprise from the Giants. Right. Those quarterbacks were uh, Tom Brady, number two. James White had more than 50. Alex Mm -hmm. Smith, number five. Philip Rivers was the number seven quarterback. He had a, in non-PPR, he had a top 12, uh, tight end. Matthew Stafford basically made the cut. Golden Tate and, er, and Marvin Jones were 12 and 13 in PPR. And Theo Riddick had 53 catches. Matthew Stafford was the number eight quarterback. And then the Vikings quarterbacks combined to be the number 13 quarterback, one fantasy point behind number 12. So, basically every quarterback that had the type of weapons we expect the Giants and the Chiefs to have this year finished in the top 13, except for Andy Dalton, and we really don't count him. So that is Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. Just let me get the complete list here. Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Alex Smith, Phillip Rivers, Matthew Stafford, and the Vikings. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. I mean, I I, I think when you look at Mahomes, his upside is probably Alex Smith, I guess. You know, you said number five? Yeah, he was number five, yeah. You know, and, and Smith didn't have a player of Sammy Watkins, you know, potential. Um, but you also have the, 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 the same scenario with, with Eli. Um, and Eli could have four guys that are, you know, in, in relative good standing from a fantasy perspective. So, I mean, you could probably look at it with a lot of teams. You know, I mean, let, let's say, uh, you know, just just a, a lesser-known quarterback that just popped in my head was Alex Smith with the Redskins, because if Jordan Reed's healthy, if Jamison Crowder does what he did at least two years ago with, to build off that, and Chris Thompson could catch fifty passes. Yeah, but he wouldn't yeah. have two top. He he wouldn't have a top twelve wide receiver. Oh, I'm sorry, top twelve. Excuse yeah. me, I apologize. Yeah. Yep. So it's a, you know it's a it's fairly short list. Actually, I mean there were five of them or six of them. Whatever I said, I said Wilson Brady. Uh, man, I keep forgetting. It was a, it was a lot, it was a lot of numbers. You know who could qualify Sorry. is, uh, if one of the running backs catches 50 passes, it wouldn't be a surprise in the offense, is the Colts. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Wilson, Brady, Smith, Rivers, Stafford, Keenum, all top 13. So, uh, Keenum plus Bradford, top 13. Mm-hmm. Alright, so hey listen, there are, there's another way to get Jamie's breakout sleepers and busts, and that would be with the newsletter. I've got the newsletter, uh, it just came into my inbox about an hour ago. And if you want to uh, get that CBSSports.com, the Fantasy Football Today newsletter, you go to CBSSports.com slash FFT Daily. CBSSports.com slash FFT Daily. Also, our leagues are launching. Jamie, yeah, you got to play on CBS Sports, right, man? If you're a real fantasy football player, you got to play on our site. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I agree. Uh, well, football, the, the product is launched, so we got all this great content around it, but there's a lot of things that we want to tell you about. It's better and better for Dynasty Leagues. I do get a lot of questions. Hey, can I do a Dynasty League? Yes, of course you can. You can trade future draft picks up to three years. 
Uh, you can do multiple drafts. So you can do a dynasty. You can do your regular draft plus a rookie draft. We've got revamped league history that you're going to really like and in-app commissioner tools. Commissioners can now run their own league on the go, add drop players, edit lineups, all on the app. So I know you guys wanted that, and you've got that. If you want to start, if you want to sign up right now for a league, cbssports.com slash FFT. Real fantasy football players know you got to play on cbssports.com. cbssports.com slash FFT. All right, so the, another thing we're doing on the website is a pick-by-pick analysis where Dave and Jamie or Dave and Heath or Jamie and Heath or Dave, Jamie, and Heath, they do a draft, they go pick-by-pick, pick, and uh, Jamie, you constructed a team out of the one spot, starting yes. with Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. It was a really interesting team that I didn't really like at first. And then I thought about something I said on a mock draft podcast episode we did a couple months ago, and now I think I love it. Now I think I love it. I would change one pick. But if I could change one pick, I would love it even more, Jamie. You want to tell us about your team from the one spot? Sure. And it's interesting that you would say that you're saying you'd change one pick because uh, have you seen the draft or you just saw my team? I just saw your team and I can I forget imagine... if I shared you the, the whole doc. We did it in a Google Doc, so I don't know if I shared the document with you. No, but I can imagine there was a guy available. Uh, okay. At, at I'm, the... I'm curious what you're going to say. So, um, yes. Uh, first off, this is the first version that we're doing of this. We'll do a second version uh, once training camp starts the preseason, you know, to give you a updated – you know, version of this. Um, I, I think, you know, most of our listeners will know that we've done this for the last, uh, five or six years, uh, uh, in, in, um, conjunction with our host. I don't know the anniversary of when that started. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so I had the one pick, uh, non PPR. Um, the stories will be on the site this week and I took Todd Gurley. And as we've talked about, you know, once you get to that round two, three turn, you're kind of left waiting for, I don't know if it's best available talent, but that's kind of the best, you know, way to describe it. And, uh, I took, uh, with my first five picks, I'll let Adam read the team, but, uh, I'm sorry, with, with two of my first four picks, you know, something that I try to avoid almost, uh, every time I draft is taking a quarterback and a tight end. But those two guys are Travis Kelsey, who I took in the end of the second round and Aaron Rodgers, who I took at the, uh, end of the fourth round. So I think why Adam loves it. Um, is because I have the number one running back preseason, number one quarterback, mm-hmm. number two tight end, and those three studs are now, um, you know, hopefully going to carry my team. And then everything else, which you'll hear, <laughs> is uh, a lot of mixing and matching. I, I will say that the other player in the in the top four picks is Tyreek Hill. So you know, assuming that he's my 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 quote unquote number one receiver, that's the one I would have changed. I think I would have gone T. Y. Hilton there. Yeah, he was gone. Oh, he was gone. Yeah. Um, oh, as he's you know, usually, Heath Cummings he's usually very, there. Very fond of, huh? oh, okay. He's usually there. Yeah. No, Heath Cummings, uh, as you know, very fond of T.Y. Hilton. Um, and um, my my preference would have been, you know, we, we talk about the top nine receivers. Uh, you know, it, it's it's the usual suspects, Antonio Brown, De- DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, um, A.J. Green, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams. And Mike Evans. To me, those are the top nine. Mm-hmm. The next three guys, I think that you're going to see come off the board in some way, you know, some some order. Doug Baldwin, T.Y. Hilton, and and Tyreek Hill. I like Baldwin the best. He's usually there, uh, but he was gone. So um, when I made the picks, I didn't even realize. Okay, I'm I'm now, as we talked about, I think yesterday, or again, our last show was a question about stacking teams. Now I'm locked into the Chiefs. Yeah. And and I'm locked in with uh, a, a change because of the quarterback. Which could still be good. I mean, I, I don't think anybody looks at those two guys as standalone options and say, okay, they're they're going to be bad. 
or at least, you know, huge drop-offs. But as a duo, I'm now sinking my roster in, you know, Patrick Mahomes' hands. Yeah, a little bit, and that's that was kind of stood out to me. So I'm sorry if you said this. Was What was the for, uh, scoring here? It's non-PPR. non-PPR. Uh, it's the typical format that we go about, six points for passing touchdowns um, and ten points. Uh, I'm sorry, one point for every ten yards rushing or receiving. Okay. So we've got Gurley, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Aaron Rodgers, and then Alshon Jeffrey in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Corey Davis in the sixth round. In round seven and eight, which were not back-to-back picks. They were 24 picks apart or 23 pick, whatever it is. Uh, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones got the Packers backfield. And then you went Randall Cobb in round nine. Go Pack Go. Yeah, and then rounds 10 and 11, you have the Colts backfield, not Marlon Mack. You have Jordan Wilkins and Naeem Hines. Uh, and then you backed up Todd Gurley in round 12 with John Kelly. And you took the Vikings and Mason Crosby. So your team is Aaron Rodgers, Todd Gurley, plus his handcuff, plus Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in the Packers back backfield, Wilkins and Hines in the Colts backfield. Clearly, right now, you only have one solid running back. It's Gurley. You have two Packers and two Colts. Yep. Your wide receivers are Tyreek Hill, Alshon Jeffrey, Corey Davis, and Randall Cobb. Tyreek Hill, Alshon Jeffrey, Corey Davis, and Randall Cobb. And your tight end is Travis Kelsey. So, I like it. I really do. I like it more and more because everybody knows if you play fantasy football, if you play it the right way, your team in week eight, forget about week 16, week eight is going to look a lot different than the team you drafted. So you've got studs. You play the waiver wire, fill in the blanks. You don't even need a great starter at every spot because you've got elite players at three positions. I like it, Jamie. I think it's a, I think it's a gutsy strategy. If I had five teams, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this with all five, but I'd do it with one or two. I like it a lot. Yeah, you know, the, the plus side is what you mentioned. Um, your, your waiver wire is going to be your best friend. Um, and I'm in a situation where I'm most likely not going to cut John Kelly just with the, the thought of, you know, hopefully that Rams running back is, is my guy all season long. Uh, I'm hopeful that of the three main Packers running backs, I have one of the best ones with Williams or Jones. And then I'm pretty confident, and, and I know we talked about this with the bust on our last show. Uh, yes, I consider Jeffrey a bust at the start of the fifth round. I think that was a good spot for him, given the receivers who were off the board. And you can again look at the way we did the draft once it, you know, is all published. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that one of Jeffrey, Davis, or Cobb, and I don't know if we talked about uh, Cobb, what his per game numbers were with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he would have been 96 catches, 966 yards, and six touchdowns if you prorate his numbers over the the seven games they were together. So without Jordy Nelson there to begin with, you know I, I think Cobb has you know big bounce back potential. I got him around nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, if Rodgers does what he's typically done when healthy, Gurley does what he did last year, Kelsey does you know what he's done the last couple of seasons, Tyree killed the first two seasons of his career. Those four guys are locked in. And, and, you know, if you want to, you know, substitute Hilton or Doug Baldwin, cause those are the guys in that range, feel free. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, there, there's a lot to like about doing it. I just don't love it myself personally, just because I like to have a little bit more flexibility besides two Colts guys, two Packers guys. You know, I, I'd rather have, you know, a little bit uh, of, of a different, you know, uh, variety to choose from. But again, it, it could easily work if, if those three guys do what they're capable, those four guys do what they're, 
they've been capable of doing. So if you want to see the entire pick-by-pick, pick, you can catch that on the website on cbssports.com slash fantasy. It's not out as of now. We're recording on Tuesday afternoon. It will be out uh, within the coming days. Jamie, you can you can tune out right now. You're a lucky man. You don't have to pay attention, I guess, to this next podcast but or this next uh, sponsor, excuse me. But a lot of us do. See, Jamie's got this big, beautiful head of hair. It's not going anywhere. But a lot of guys are dealing with hair loss. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. And when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. It's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. So can we help you with this? Yes, we absolutely can. We've got forhims.com slash FFT. forhims.com slash FFT. Not just a great website, but... A great discount in your first month. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash F-F-T. And you're going to get five bucks for your first month there. So what is For Hims? It is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Our offer code deals with the hair loss. Forhims.com slash F-F-T. We're getting you well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions. There's no waiting room. There's no awkward doctor visits. You just save hours, hours, and a ton of money by going to forhims.com. Answer a few quick questions. A doctor will review it and can prescribe it to you, and the products get shipped directly to your door. So our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just 5 bucks right now while supplies last. See the website for full details. Ordinarily, this would cost you hundreds if you went to the doctor or to a pharmacy, but you can get it for a big discount at forhims.com. F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com. Slash FFT, five bucks for your first month. All right, news and notes. Just some running back stuff. Le'Veon Bell says he and the Steelers are a lot closer to agreeing on a contract this year than they were last year. Nick Chubb has a chance to get the bulk of the early down work, according to ESPN's Pat McMahon. And according to ESPN's John Kime, it would be surprising if Darius Geist does not begin the season as the starting running back. Every day, week, whatever, we're going to get rookie running back, backfield updates. I'm just going to take the approach of let's just wait and see and not react every time we get a report. But I do, Jamie, think that the Cleveland situation is particularly interesting, and we have talked about it a lot, but uh, that does seem like a situation where there's if one guy does emerge, you could have a sleeper or a breakout on your hands. I, I think, you know, we, we sort of touched on it with the sleeper breakout conversation that if you're looking for – the not the same player, not the same skill set, but the same situation. And I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast. To me, Nick Chubb feels the most like Alvin Kamara, just based on where he's going to be on the depth chart to open the season, comparatively to where he could finish. Because, like you said, could be a sleeper, could be a breakout, however you want to qualify it. But Chubb is going to be third. I, I know this report says starting, but the last report we heard on this was Carlos Hyde's a starter. So Duke Johnson's in his role. If Carlos Hyde is, uh, you know, week one starter. Similar to, you know, what happened in New Orleans where the veteran guy isn't the best guy, or at least, you know, one of the veteran guys isn't the best guy, the rookie could step in there and, and be a star. Yeah, and like you said, he's not the same player. Chubb is not the same player as Kamara. No. He's not going to be a pass catcher or anything. But but uh, on the flip side good. of that, if you're looking for the uh, Latavius Murray comparison, Carlos Hyde is that guy. Signed as a mm-hmm. uh, free agent, goes to a team where he expects to be the guy, and Cleveland – a la Minnesota, drafts a running back in the second round that probably has a little bit more upside, uh, depending on how you want to, you know, chop it up. Right. And then that guy gets hurt, and all of a sudden the veteran's back in the good graces of fantasy owners again. So I was going to do an ACL segment, but 
since I, since Heath and I like to get into it over Julian Edelman, I think I'll save that for the Thursday show, which I'll be doing with Heath Cummings. Jamie is going on a little bit of a vacation. All right, a little break in the action before training camps open and, and we start going intense here at CBS Sports. Yeah, I still may be able to hop on with you over the next couple of weeks, but uh, I'm not, I'm not with, uh, three kids, especially a newborn. I'm not going anywhere far. How are the kids? Kids are great. Thank you. How's the wife? The wife is, uh, even better. Thank how, you. How are you, Jamie? I'm, uh, ready for two weeks off. <laughs> how, how is your lovely wife? Oh, she's doing great. Yes. Uh, I, I highly anticipate, uh, seeing her sometime soon. Yeah, she's awesome. She and I were watching Family Guy last night and we were laughing. Very hard. So that was fun. We, we love to laugh, Jamie. We love to laugh, unlike all the other people out there. Uh, that is a good quality. So I looked at ACL injuries for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers over the last three seasons and how those guys did the next year, when they suffered the injury, what it means. It's giving me a touch of hesitation on Edelman just because he is older, but he's also already back and, and you know, practicing, which is a good sign. But uh, we'll get into all of that. Jamie's breakouts. So Mahomes is on that list. I will say, I will him. say this though, and and, and I want to reiterate it. I know we're going to probably get the news you may have by the time you get to your next podcast, because I I've done it a lot. It's very similar to Ezekiel Elliott. If you are drafting now, dynasty startup dynasty, whatever the case may be, don't hesitate to pull the trigger maybe around earlier than you would on Edelman, because if the suspension is reduced or for whatever reason overturned, you may have gotten yourself a steal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, I'll look up the stat exactly, but I think, I know it was all but one of the receivers who have caught 90 or more passes in the last five years have been top 17 in PPR. The only one that wasn't was Golden Tate. And if he's played 16 games, I expect Edelman to catch 90 passes. But, uh, there, there's some things I saw in the research that gives me a little bit of pause about his performance. But we don't have any pause about the performance of Jamie's breakouts, and the list will change as we get closer to the start of the season. But right now, on Ju- on June 26th, Jarek McKinnon is one of your breakouts. So let's start with Jamek, Jarek McKinnon. I mean, he's one of my favorite guys. You know, I, I think we've talked about this a lot. I have him ranked as a top 12 running back in both standard and uh, both non-PPR and PPR. Um, if you could believe, I actually have him lower by one spot in PPR because I put Christian McCaffrey ahead of him. Um, at the 11 spot, I have him 11 in, in non-PPR. I, I just think the offense that he's stepping into, the track record of Kyle Shanahan speaks for itself. We had the email um, in our last show about is he Lamar Miller, you know, guy going from, um, you know, one team to the next. I, I know the question said back up to starter, but Miller was a starter. Um, McKinnon still has a lot to prove, and you're you're based you're drafting him at least I am based on you know hope, but I I, I like. You know, what Shanahan's done, just, you know, again, you can look at the whole track record, but just the last three guys he's worked with, Devontae Freeman, smaller running back, you know, similar build to McKinnon. He was great in Atlanta. Um, and last year, Carlos Hyde, you know, he got, uh, I think it was 50 plus catches out of Carlos Hyde. He did, so, but, but as I, I've brought this up before, most of those catches were before Jimmy Garoppolo started playing quarterback. Garoppolo did not really throw to the running backs. That's a small yeah, sample, I mean, there, but it there, did there's happen. the report this offseason. Their, their first practice together, um, McKinnon, uh, Garoppolo was locked in on McKinnon. So I, I think that's a byproduct of Kyle Shanahan getting his hands on Garoppolo and expanding his whole, you know, use of the field and, and you know, skill set. So I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident that the track record of Shanahan will be a little bit better. And think about where Garoppolo's come from. You know, Tom Brady throwing to the running backs. That Patriots offense was basically 
you know, uh, as good for running backs, pa- running back pass catchers as any. You think he gets the goal line work, McKinnon? But who else is there? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's not and and you know again, it's not like Shanahan didn't use a smaller back before. Devontae yep. Freeman, they're they're almost identical in size. Opportunity is so important in fantasy football. He obviously has a big opportunity. He would he would have to to be a bust. He would have to be like Lamar Miller, which or is get just hurt, which you know it could yeah, happen because he's smaller. Getting hurt, yeah. But he would have to be like Lamar Miller, which would be just like a guy who gets you like seven, eight fantasy points in non-PPR every week, maybe four more in PPR, and is just fine. Uh, you know, unless he just outright loses his job, which is right. probably not going to happen. All right, Jamie has, to sum it up, every rookie running back on his breakouts list. Uh, I love him. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, so other than Saquon Barkley, which is, yeah, he's going to be a first round pick. I mean, you pretty much, you, you pretty much like, uh, Five or six? How, how many rookie running backs are you excited about this year? Um, aside from Barkley? Well, let's, I, let's I, include him. Barkley, one. Barkley, Geis, Penny, Freeman, Jones, and Carrion. And Carrion? The only ones I really don't like are the, the two Georgia guys, and that's not a Florida bias, I promise you. Um, <laughs> I, I I just think, you know, Michelle landed in a spot where he's going to share work uh, with the Patriots, and, and the same thing with Chubb, but Chubb to me has sleeper appeal because of where he's being, where you can draft him. And your second favorite is Geis, right? Yeah, in, in non-PPR, it's Geis. In PPR, it's Penny. I just think Penny will be a little bit more involved in the passing game given who the Redskins have with, with Chris Thompson. But, you know, I think the uh, the report early on of Geis only being a, a first and second down guy are, are a little bit overblown. I think he could be a 30 to 35 catch guy, which, you know, would put him well within the range of what he should be able to do otherwise as a solid number two running back. All right, let me just see if I could figure out who I'm not excited about. Uh, no, let me just play devil's advocate. That's a better way of putting it. Sure. All right, Ronald Jones. Let's start there. I, the, I thought he was more of a pass-catching guy, not an every-down back coming out of college. So is he equipped to handle 15 or more, 20-ish touches, 18 to 20 touches a week? Is he equipped to? Yes. Will he? I mean, look at the guys they have on their roster. You know, I mean, is Peyton Barber... Gonna take him off the field a lot. You know, Jock was Rogers. Charles Sims could be an annoyance in the passing game. You know, I, I, I think, you know, he's probably gonna be 13 to 15 carries a week, uh, three to four, three to five catches a week. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if things go right with his offense, obviously now we have a little bit of a hole, you know, with, uh, with Winston being out of there. So, um, if Fitzpatrick is, is okay in those first three games, you know, Jones, I think is, is kind of somebody that now toes the line a little bit from where he, he was, which, in my opinion, was was a number two running back. I'm curious of Dave's opinion. I don't think we talked to him about this, and you can ask him if you if you're able to, um, because you and I did the Winston podcast. Um, you know, if Dave has changed his opinion on Jones, who was uh, at least following the draft up to this point, his number two rookie running back. He still is, at least in the rankings I'm seeing. Okay. And jo- look, Jones is a big. He's five eleven. He's not like a little scat back or anything. But I thought his appeal was that he'd be very good in the passing game, and maybe it's both. Maybe it's both. All right, so then let me uh, play devil's advocate on Rashad Penny. That is a team much like the Giants. The Seahawks have not been able to run the ball. They, I don't think they're going to have a good offensive line. Is Penny just in a bad spot? And Chris Carson, I mean, Chris Carson's not bad. Is Penny in a bad spot? He could be, but I think that the Seahawks' offensive line will be better than um, we've uh, 
we've seen the last couple of years. You know, I, I wouldn't discount the move that they made to get Dwayne Brown last year from the Texans. I think they got him week seven, so you get a full offseason, full season with them. Mm-hmm. I think signing DJ Fluker will help, you know, uh, at right tackle. So the two tackles should be better. I and think I'm he's, anticipating I think he's a guard, Jamie Fluker. Are they playing the tackle? Um, I, I don't know what I saw. I could be wrong. I I'm think sorry. he's going to be a guard. For I, 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 for whatever reason, I do this a lot. I because there were, you know, a lot of expectations and, and they've been terrible. Um, I always confuse DJ Fluker and Eric Flowers and their oh, positions. Oh yeah, yeah, Flowers tackle, Fluker guard, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's going to be uh, a guard, but I do think that the line will be better. Um, and I, I think he'll be involved in the passing game. I know they have, you know, uh, CJ Procise and JD McKissick, you know, that can handle some of that, but. Um, I, I, it's hard to overlook what he did in college. And I know that that's a, a conference that produces, you know, a lot of points. And, you know, he's coming from a team that the year before had a 2000 yard rusher as well. Um, but I, I, I just think, you know, Rashad Penny's upside, uh, his skill set, his frame, his speed, you know, there, there's a lot to like about him. And clearly the Seahawks made the move. They were aggressive with it and taking the first round. All right. So Stefan Diggs is one of your breakouts and I'm sort of a, Stefan Diggs guy, like I'm a believer in Stefan Diggs. I think he's better than Thielen. And I, I honestly, Jamie, I don't know why I feel that way. I just do. <laughs> I think he's a more talented player. He was off to such a good start last year, Stefan Diggs, and then he got injured. He had like 93 or more yards in three of his first four games. Then he got hurt in week five. He missed week six and seven and just sort of came back to like a messy timesharey situation. Uh, with the two wide receivers, Jarek McKinnon, Kyle Rudolph, all catching passes, and a new quarterback. So, uh, sort, you know, he overlapped a little bit with, with Keenum, but quarterback changed from the beginning of the year. Anyway, w- tell me why you have Diggs. Tell me why you have Diggs as a breakout. Do you like him better than Thielen? And then I'm gonna blow your mind with a spooky stat about Kirk Cousins. I like him better than Thielen in non-PPR. I still think Thielen's gonna end up catching more passes, but I mean, Diggs has yet to have a thousand yard season. I think that's a byproduct of him not staying healthy. I, I think we'll see him take the next step. Um, you look at Cousins uh, and what his track record has been with slot receivers, and remember, he's more of the slot guy than uh, Thielen is. We'll see how that changes now, maybe with Kendall Wright as you know part of the, the three receiver sets there. Um, but I, I just think that you know Diggs had a lot of splash plays last year that maybe overlook some of his production. Uh, makes him look a little bit better than maybe he was, but I do think that this is a guy that's trending in the right direction. So, um, had a, had a good year last year and I think has a chance to be better with Cousins just because I think Cousins will be a little bit more consistent, a little bit more accurate, and I think, uh, help him, you know, again, take that next step. Oh my goodness, everybody. Kirk Cousins has never produced a top 20 wide receiver. Not in non-PPR, not in PPR. But he's had 2,000 yard guys, right? In the same season? Yeah, yes. Garcon uh, and good. Jackson? Yes, and in that year, uh, in that year, I can look it up, but I, I think Jackson was 28th in non PPR, and Garcon was 22nd in PPR, and that is the highest of any wide receiver uh, in the Kirk Cousins era in Washington. It's pretty interesting. Now, he did have a year in 2015. Jordan Reed had 952 yards and 11 touchdowns on 87 catches, so. He was probably the a top two tight end. He may have been a top ten wide receiver with the eleven touchdowns, eighty-seven catches, nine hundred fifty-two yards. So that was Jordan Reed. But Cousins did spread the ball around. So you don't know if that's going to be the same in Minnesota. But that is sort of what happened in Washington. It could. I mean, they have three very good players at respective positions: number one receiver, number two receiver, tight end. 
And Dalvin Cook, uh, I think, was on pace for like 45 catches last year. Amari Cooper is a breakout for Jamie Eisenberg. Cooper was one of the biggest busts in fantasy last year. He was the number 33 wide receiver in non-PPR, number 34 in PPR, 687 yards, really, on only 96 targets. So you've got Amari Cooper as a breakout. I like what John Gruden's been saying. You know, I'll buy that hype. Um, uh, I, I think, look, at worst case scenario, he'll get back to his production from this first two years, which was, um, what, like 75 catches, 1,000 yards, and six touchdowns, I think, on average in that range. Um Last year, he closed the season playing better, scored in each of his final two games. No Crabtree, so, you know, whether Jordy Nelson still has something left in, you know, to prove, Martavis Bryant obviously there, Jared Cook will be a little bit of a factor. I still think, though, that this will be the guy that John Gruden has Derek Carr focus on. So, I think it'll be 120 to 140 targets. Uh, I, I think it'll be more used in, be used more in the red zone than we've seen in previous seasons. And so I do think that this could be another, chance for him to be 80 catches, 1,100 yards, and you know eight touchdowns. So I think he's somebody that you can buy back into after last year's season. Cooper was, in 2016, 12th in non-PPR, 13th in PPR. In 2015, he was around, I think, closer to 20th. He had 1,070 yards and six touchdowns. Would you rather have Amari Cooper or... Amari, I was gonna. Danny Amendola would have been a good one in PPR if he weren't suspended. But Amari Cooper or Stefan Diggs? Edelman. You mean Edelman? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Edelman. Uh, Stefan Diggs or Cooper? Cooper. Cooper or T.Y. Hilton? Hilton. Cooper. Assuming luck is right, obviously. Allen Robinson or Cooper? Cooper. But that's the group that I that I struggle with. Not not Hilton. I think Hilton is is in a in a higher class, higher tier, just based on what. He should do with the healthy Andrew Luck. Um, but the, the group that I struggle with, and I, I put Josh Gordon in that, at the end of that tier as well, but you can put Gordon in this one for argument's sake. You have Gordon, you have Cooper, Demarius Thomas, uh, certainly PPR Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Diggs, Thielen, Robinson. You know, I think all those guys in that round three, round four range, you know, hopefully one of, uh, hopefully all of them obviously are, are great, but you know, this is kind of if you go, with uh, a running back heavy approach in your first two rounds, you know these are the type of receivers that may end up being your number one guy. And you know again, if you're getting Cooper's numbers from the 2016 season, you'll be okay with that. If you're getting the numbers from the 2017 season, you're gonna have a wah, really wah. bad fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's an interesting round, high upside wide receivers for sure. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is also on the breakouts list. But uh, so I can get to some emails, let's skip ahead to one tight end, Trey Burton. Jamie removed the tight end from his breakout list, and I'm going to go ahead and take that tight end and put him on my imaginary's breakout imaginary breakout list, and that would be uh, O.J. Howard. But <laughs> that was before the, um, the Cameron Brait signing, so he took Howard off the list. But he's keeping Trey Burton on the list, and yeah, you, you're you like him better than Evan Ingram, right? I do. I, I like Burton. Um, for me, there are five tight ends I think that are going to go. Uh, there, there are top four tight ends with the the three guys of Gronk, Kelsey, and Ertz. I think Greg Olson deserves to be fourth. I'll put Jimmy Graham fifth, and then I like Burton sixth. You know, and and it's a risk. It's a gamble. We've never seen him in a full time role, but every time Zach Ertz has been out, there's Trey Burton producing for the Eagles. And now you're going to an offense that 
Should be similar to what the Chiefs ran under Andy Reid because that's where Matt Nagy comes from as the offensive coordinator for Kansas City. Um, again, another guy that didn't necessarily call plays his entire time there, but he did call plays at times last year. And they featured Travis Kelsey. And I think Burton is going to run a lot of routes, is going to be a favorite target for Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I know Adam Shaheen could be uh, somewhat of a nuisance because that's a guy that they drafted, but different coaching staff, and, and they didn't really use Shaheen last year. I think that they signed Burton for a reason. I think he's going to be involved in the offense a ton, and I'm buying the upside. This is a little bit also Gator bias. I will say that too. Is it? Of course. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, but I like honestly, like he's a good player. He's a good, versatile, talented player that yep. was in a bad spot and now is in a much better spot. So, Trey Burton. All right, I, yeah, I have a, a big feeling. part of big part of the biggest play in the Super Bowl, arguably. Oh, this the special. The Philly special, yeah. I've got a feeling that. Jamie is going to move Trey Burton ahead of Jimmy Graham when it's all said and done. Just got this feeling inside my bones. That's a quote, JT. It's a quote to Timberlake there. Yeah, Jamie knows it. All right, let's do some emails. Fantasy. What movie is that from? Let's see how good you are. What movie is that from? That is from Peter Rabbit. No. I have no idea. Trolls. Trolls. Something that I would not see because I do not have three kids. All right, Graham at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com has a dynasty league grade the trade. Give up Sony Michelle and Juju Smith Schuster. Sony Michelle and Juju Smith Schuster get Joe Mixon and Josh Gordon. Wow. So you're giving up youth for really just one relative, I don't know, but older player in Gordon. And Joe Mixon. Um, well, Mixon's not old. Oh, I didn't know what you meant. I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, you know, just in terms of like time of yeah, service. Right. Gordon's the oldest one by far. I think if you're in a position to win now, I like the Mixon Gordon side better. If you are uncertain of your situation this year, I'd rather have Michelle and Juju. Yeah. Well, Dynasty leagues are interesting with wide receivers who are tied to older quarterbacks. Because you gotta kind of ask yourself how many more years does Roethlisberger play? But then again, when he's gone, Antonio Brown, you know what I mean? Like the future of the Steelers yeah, looks a lot I, different I, in three years. I think you got to put it in three-year windows, you know, with, with any player. What What's this guy's outlook over three years? Yeah, pretty good for Juju. I would hope so. Yeah. All right, 12-team PPR auction, $300 budget. We don't have a name, so let's just say this is uh, David Heathcliff from <laughs> Fort Lauderdale. 12-team PPR, $300 budget, keeping David Johnson and Dalvin Cook for 10 bucks each. Nice work, David Heathcliff. Choose two of the following. Joe Mixon for 33. PPR, remember. Derek Henry for 16. Alex Collins for three. Aaron Jones for one. Josh Gordon for three. Just two of those guys? Yeah. I mean, I think it's easy. It's Alex Collins and Josh Gordon. I think at this point, like, you've got David Johnson for 10 bucks, Dalvin Cook for 10 bucks, Josh Gordon for 3 bucks. So that's $23 out of 300 for David Johnson, Cook, and Gordon. Do you care about price at that point? Do you just go with best player available? But none of the guys really separate themselves that much. Okay. Yeah. So you get Alex Collins. Now you have three, hopefully, stud running backs, certainly two potential ones. You have a, you know, what should be at least a borderline number one, certainly a number two receiver coming into the season. And 
now you could splurge. Like, I would splurge on receiver. Yeah, yeah. All right, we've got an email from Scott from a city in Virginia that's south of D.C. Yeah, Jamie and I aren't good at this. <laughs> <laughs> a city that's south of D.C.? Yeah, in Virginia. Miami. Yeah, Miami, in Virginia, Miami Virginia. Dear Adam, Dave, Is Jamie, Ro- and Roanoke? Keith. Is that? Virginia yeah, okay. Beach? Roanoke. Virginia Beach? It's Virginia Beach probably east, but, uh, anyway, uh, dear Adam, Dave, Dave, Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Keith, I've heard of the draft strategy of taking two quarterbacks late. Can you also do this with two tight ends very late? So he wants to use his first nine picks on running backs and wide receivers and then take two quarterbacks and two tight ends with four late picks. Who do you like? Would you do that? And, and who do you like? Well, I mean, I know you've done this with uh, tight end X and O.J. Howard because you buy into O.J. Howard taking the next step in his sophomore season, which I understand. Uh, I've seen Dave do this with uh, tight end X and George Kittle because he buys into Kittle, uh, which I agree with. Um, Heath has done this, or Keith has done this <laughs> with, uh, you know, uh, I think it's in our magazine. He did this in the draft where he took um, Charles Clay and another tight end. I think it was, uh, oh, um, Hayden Hurst, another one that he likes. So, you know, there's three of you guys taking the young tight end route, first or second year guys, which again, those are the type of guys you want to buy into. I think if you want to go with the veteran guys, um, you could put Clay in that category. You know, there, there's some thought that, um, Eric Ebron will be the better pass catcher of the Colts tight end. So if Andrew Luck is back, we've seen him use the tight ends quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I think if you take, yeah, we're going to talk about this and, um, you know, we're, we're actually going to, uh, spend some time toward the end of July looking at just positions on the site. And I think we're going to do that with our podcast with position previews as well. Um, yeah. but looking at just positions. So like, we're going to spend a week on just tight ends. We're going to spend a week on quarterbacks, week on. And so like, I, I That's think. That's on the if, site, not, not necessarily on the podcast. No, no, no. I know we're going to do our position previews though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm saying on the site, we're going to spend a week on, just tight ends. And so I know I'm particularly going to look at just the average draft position of tight ends. And so um, there's the the thought process of people, for whatever reason, they don't want to draft the Delaney Walker, Kyle Rudolph, maybe even throw Jimmy Graham in there just because they're older. But if you're, if you're so inclined to and you have to settle for one of those guys, then you take a flyer on one of the younger guys like we just talked about. Or if you want to t- pair two veteran guys, you know, I, I think Vance McDonald, has some potential as the Steelers guy. I think, you know, if, if the Chargers sign Antonio Gates, you'll have some interesting production there. Benjamin Watson, the last time he was with the Saints, was very good. The first year without Jimmy Graham. You know, he's back there. Um, there, there are some older tight ends that, that you're gonna, you know, kind of forget about. And one of my favorite, you know, number two tight ends to, to draft, um, Ricky Seals Jones. The, the Cardinals love him apparently. And Jermaine Gresham's coming back from a, a Achilles injury from week 17. It's doubtful he'll be ready to start the season. Don't overlook Ricky Seals Jones. Especially paired with Sam Bradford, if he's a starter, think about what Kyle Rudolph was with with Bradford and Zach Ertz the year before yeah. with Philadelphia. Yeah, he's going to lean on the tight end quite a bit. All right, I'll just add a few things. Sometimes Jordan Reed goes late. That would be a gift to you if you get can get him in the tenth round or later. You're saying pairing him with somebody. You'd have to pair him with somebody, but he could be the first tight end you take, Jordan Reed, yep. and then someone mm-hmm. else. But that's still he could still go late. I would love. I actually would not mind doing a team where I take nine running backs and wide receivers. And then it's possible to do it now, maybe not when we get closer to the season, but if I could go Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, Jack Doyle, O.J. Howard, 
and have those four, Andrew Luck and Roethlisberger at quarterback, Jack Doyle and O.J. Howard at tight end, I would be giddy. That so you're taking, you're taking four quarterbacks and tight ends, so two of each. Yes. That's yeah, what he's saying. That. That's what he's saying. And that's, he's saying use your oh, first. Oh, he's saying doing both. Yeah, yeah. Use your first oh, nine picks. Oh, I thought he just meant pairing two tight ends together. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Do both. And I, I think this is the year you can do it because I, because just because of the quarterback depth. Yeah. The, the only thing that, that would frustrate me with that situation is if let's just say the, the tight ends, I think are a little bit different because I don't think you'll get the type of production week to week from both guys unless you're just lucky. But let's just say luck is right. And now you have to make a choice because of bye weeks or injuries or whatever. You potentially have to cut one of those quarterbacks, and you're just giving a gift to somebody else. That's true. You could try to trade, but you're right. You might not be able to get anything. Uh, that could that could be frustrating. You're right. It's a good point. All right. Now, again, that's a good problem to have. Yeah. But uh, it could just you know put you in a situation of okay, who do I play each week? What if you know? Uh, I, okay, that man, Roethlisberger's got the Browns on the road. He's been three straight good games on the road, and then oh, it's windy. <laughs> you know. Right. Right. Well. Roethlisberger's not going to have three straight good games on the road. Let's let's be honest. Well, good games for him. <laughs> uh, here's an email from Justin. Who is the best tight end flyer at the end of the draft? Charles Clay, Jared Cook, Austin Hooper, Austin Safarian Jenkins, Mike Gesicki, or someone else? Charles Clay, Jared Cook, Austin Hooper, Safarian Jenkins, or Gesicki, or choose your own adventure, Jamie. Of this group, I would take Clay just because of his role with the Bills and, you know, their, their receiving core is so awful. Um, my favorite of the guys that we just talked about is Ricky Sills Jones. I, I just think again, he, he really flashed in those two games. He's got, he's a former wide receiver. Think about this receiving core. It's a lot of ifs after Larry Fitzgerald. He could be that second if. And so I'll, I'll take my chances with him, but also throw in David Njoku. We didn't really talk about him too. You know, could be a good touchdown producer for the Browns. And an email from Andrew. Hey, Chuck, Bill, and Mike. The Steelers coaches. They would be. Our league allows trading draft picks. What do you think is a reasonable asking price to trade up from the 11th pick to the third pick in the first round of a redraft league? 12-team league. He wants to move up from 11 to 3. What should Andrew give the owner with the third pick? Well, I think the easy thing to do is you give your first and your second round pick because that's 11 and what, 15? 14? 14. Okay, so you give 11 and 14, and then I would probably say, um, give me back your third. So, you're giving up the two and three for one and first round pick and third round pick. Alright, hang on. So you go from 11 and 13 to three, and you get the 20th pick? Mm-hmm. And no. then no, 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 no. The owner giving up three oh, keeps right, his right, second right, round right, pick. Right, right, so right. he has he has now eleven, fourteen, and twenty, twenty-one. Oh, I'm sorry, twenty-two. Twenty-two. 22 my bad. Eleven, fourteen, and twenty-two. And he gives up three and twenty-seven. All right, so let's do this. Owner one, owner A, owner A starts with three, twenty-two, three, four, five, twenty-seven. Owner B starts with eleven, fourteen, and what, thirty, thirty-five, right? Mm-hmm. So you're saying in order to get the three pick for owner B, he gives up fourteen, 
and he gets back 27? And 11. He gives up 11 and 14. <laughs> he gives up 11 and 14. But he moves up in the third round. And he moves up. No, and he gets. Yes, he moves up in the third round. <laughs> okay. So that would leave owner A with picks 11, 14, and 22. Right. And owner three B. Three of the first 22 picks. Owner B would have three, 27, and 35. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. We're giving. Right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Hmm, what would I rather have? 327 and 35? You know what? My mind has exploded. We're gonna go. So wait, no, essentially, let's just, I mean, those played out. So you have, you're giving up, it's non-PPR PPR to say. Uh, it's half PPR. Okay, so you're giving up Zeke to get, giving up Zeke to get Barkley, AJ Green and Travis Kelsey. I don't think you're getting Kelsey with 27. No, 20. 22. You're getting 22? You're keeping 22. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. So, uh you're gi- and you're losing your third round pick. So you're giving up 3 overall, which is who? Say Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott. Uh-huh. And whoever you take in the third round, let's say that's Jarek McKinnon? Or is that too early? We're 27 that, overall. That's in the Christian McCaffrey. Okay. So you're getting, you're giving up Ezekiel Elliott. I like this. This is better. Ezekiel Elliott and McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. For Barkley, AJ Green, and Kelsey. I would rather have Barkley, AJ Green, and Kelsey. Right. But unfortunately, Jamie, the owner that is doing this is going to be getting Ezekiel Elliott and Christian McCaffrey. So he's losing by our logic. Huh? The owner that emailed us is moving up from 11 to 3, not moving from 3 back to 11. I know. He wants to move up to 3. Right, but we think he's losing. Right, but he's the one that wants to move up. So yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. playing... We're playing the other side of it. He's All the right. one that wants Zeke. I mean, we don't know if there's keepers involved, but he has keepers or whatever. Ten years running. I think we just had our worst, worst four minute segment ever. And it's entirely my fault. You guys have talked about crackling open for at least four minutes. <laughs> it's entirely my fault. I just got extremely confused. So, uh, Jamie, enjoy your vacation. I hope we hear from you in the next two weeks. If not, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Me, Dave, and Heath will, uh, we'll get it going. And I think he, Dave is gone too. Dave's gone for a little bit. Yep. So, uh, we're going to mix and match for the next week or two. And then we're going to kick ass until it's time to draft. And, and we'll continue kicking ass after that. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, Jamie. I will miss all of you except for Adam. Because you're going to talk to me so much that it won't be possible to miss me. Yeah, we share a lot of fantasy baseball. Here. We sure do. Thanks for listening, everybody. Back on Thursday. Adios. Bye. It's all-